Hey everybody, this is Matt and welcome to another overflow pod on Psalm 23. We are in our last verse and in our last pod we looked at how to have a new level of confidence and not fear the future. So check that pod out before this one so you understand where we're coming from in this pod. Now that we don't fear the future, the question remains how should we live knowing what God is like, knowing God's goodness, grace, and his mercy follow us all the days of our lives. So what does that look like each day? How do I live fully without fear on a daily basis? How can I apply it to my life? And I think there's three ways we can do this. So let's just jump right in and look at number one. I must stay grateful and generous because God is so good for me. God is generous with me. God expects me to be grateful and generous with others the rest of my life. So my first response, our first response to God's goodness and his mercy should be gratitude. And the second response should be generosity. Psalm 118.29 says, give thanks continually to our Lord because he is so good and because his mercy will never run out. There's goodness and mercy right there. His goodness is good. His mercy will never run out. So continual mercy deserves continual thanks. So we need to develop for our lives, the attitude of gratitude. And if you walk around with gratefulness in your heart all the time, you're going to live longer. There's many, many benefits of the attitude of gratitude. And most of all, it's an antidote to fear. So do you have panic attacks? Do you have anxiety in your life? Do you have fears about the future? So you can't be grateful and fearful at the same time. It's just impossible. So when you're fearful at that moment, you're not being grateful. And when your life is grateful, you can't be fearful because they oppose each other. Because when I'm fearful, I'm focusing on me and my problems. And when I'm grateful, I'm focusing on others and God and what they've done for me and what God has done for me. So you get the focus off yourself and the fear and anxiety will naturally go down. Gratitude is one of the four antidotes to fearfulness in your life. Hebrews 12, 28 says, we have been given possession of an unshakable kingdom. This is the kingdom of God. Unshakable means I don't need to be afraid of losing this. You can't lose your salvation. It's unshakable. Therefore, let the verse continues. Let us be grateful and use our gratitude to worship God in the way that pleases him with reverence and awe. So you need to just develop the daily habit of being grateful for everything, anything, and all the things around you. Now, the second response isn't just gratitude, it's generosity. I want you to pass on to others the same kind of goodness that God has given you. So I'm generous with others, I want you to be generous with others. Matthew 10, 8 says, you have been treated generously by God, so live generously. Give as freely as you have received. Psalm 112, 5 through 9 says, good will come to him. Now let me stop right there. Everybody who's listening to me right now, do you want good or bad to come in your life. Well, of course you're going to say, I want good to come, right? Well, then what does it say? Good will come to him who is generous. Such people lend freely. In other words, hey, you need my car? Take it. You need a place to stay tonight? Stay in my place. You need some money for food? Here you go. Need a babysitter? Oh, let me babysit for you. What do you need? You need to drive to the doctor? Let me take you there. You need me to bring over a meal? Your family's sick? Let me. Generosity in every area of your time, your talents, your treasure, 
your money, your motivations, generous with your praise, not stingy, generous with compliments. Don't be stingy with compliments. The verse continues, goodwill will come to him who is generous. So such people lend freely and conduct their affairs honestly. They will never be shaken. They don't fear bad news because they trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless. Everybody wants that, right? We want to be confident and fearless? Then become more generous. The verse continues, they are confident and fearless in facing their opposition. You have opposition in your life. You got people who don't like you, people gunning for you. You just don't like you because of what you believe. They're just some people who are just mean. They're your opponents, your competitors. These people, the generous people are, are confident and fearless in facing their opposition. The verse continues, because they give generously to those in need, they will have influence and honor. Now, I don't think we can underestimate the impact of gratitude and generosity in our lives. We don't realize the impact it can have if we start the day without complaining. Not with bad news, but with things we're grateful for. So I want to do a little experiment. If you can join me with this, I dare you to do it. Do this for the next 30 days. We make a commitment that we're not going to complain about anything. You catch yourself complaining, just cut yourself off. You're like, oh, I'm not going to go there. Traffic's bad. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to talk about it. You're late for work. I'm not going to worry about the person who's not going to speak in front of me who's driving like a grandma <laughs> or a grandpa. We're not going to complain about anything. I'm not going to complain when we get bad service at a store or restaurant or when we're being a jerk or when people are being a jerk to us. We're not going to complain about those things, whatever's going on. Instead, we're going to be grateful and we're going to be generous. You think you'd be any better after 30 days? Of course. Now we need a concrete way to do this. How can we start this? How can we do this in a practical way? Well, I, I came up with something. I want you to write down 30 things that you're grateful for. Write it down wherever you take notes, whether that's in a planner, a notebook, your phone, any electronic device that you use every day, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Just write it down. And we're going to go through the alphabet. And we're going to go through three different categories. Spiritual, material, and relational. The things that you can be thankful for. So the first category is spiritual. So for instance, let's just go A to Z. Lord, spiritual blessings. Let's say A, you're always with me. There you go. You anoint me with your grace. Okay. B, you bring good out of the bad things that happen to me. You bless me with abilities. C, you care about my problems. You calm my worries and fear. You call me your friend. D, you design my life for a great plan and purpose. E, you empower me with your spirit. You empathize with what I feel. F, you forgive and forget my sins. You free me from my shame. You fill my life with meaning. G, you give me what I need. You guide me in the right way. You guarantee my salvation. H, hear my prayers, you heal my hurts, you help me every day. I, you inspire me with ideas. You invite me to depend on you. You include me in your family. J, you justify me, which means just as if I'd never sinned. So there's no condemnation in my life because of Jesus, because I've been justified. K, you know what's best for me. You keep your promises. You keep me saved and secure. 
L, you love me unconditionally. You lift me up when I'm down. M, you made me to be loved by you and you meet all my needs. N, you notice what I don't see. You nourish my soul. O, you open doors of opportunity for me. You overflow my life with blessings. P, you protect me when I'm attacked and I'm overwhelmed. You're patient with my doubts. Q, you quiet my mind and my heart when I trust you. R, you remain faithful to me even when I'm unfaithful to you. You renew me when I'm tired. S, you sacrificed your son for me. You show me mercy. You set me free from myself, not just my habits, my hurts and hangups, but the big, from my biggest enemy, which is myself. T, you teach me your truth through your word. You transform my life with loving discipline. You, you understand my pain. You use it to help others. You uphold me when I want to give up. V, you value me enough to send your son Jesus for me, a savior. W, you wait for the right time to answer my prayers. You warn me of traps. X, you express your favor over me as your child. Y, you yearn for fellowship. You want to spend time with me. Z, you zoom in on every detail of my life. You miss nothing. Okay, so you get a picture of it. That's your spiritual. Now, second character category. Think of something material, physical things that you can thank God for. A, air. <laughs> Can't go far without air, right? B, Bible. That's a good one. You know, C, uh, I don't know. That I don't have a cat. <laughs> You know, you, you get it. Tea, taste buds. You know, it's a good thing that food tastes good. Some of you might be like, no, I don't need to taste that. It's a good thing that everything doesn't taste the same. Okay, see, I'll go back to that one. Chocolate mousse. <laughs> you know, where you live, you just make a list. How about the relational category? Instead of a physical thing. Thank you, God, for C, for your church. For P, how about your pastor? For S, if you're in a small group or a group of friends, thank God for my pet, Taffy, my crazy beagle. For L, for Linda, my mother-in-law. For D, my Darren, my son. For V and A, my daughters, Victoria and Adriana. You write them all down. Now here's the key where you write those down during the day. The next morning, you know, when you start this, you wake up, you put that by your bedside, that list that you made up. You take that list out of all your spiritual, physical, and relational blessings God has given to you in your life. And you place that right beside your bed or whatever medium you, you choose, whether it's your phone, an electronic device, paper, notebook, whatever. And so for the next 30 days before you get out of bed, you develop the attitude of gratitude. So it'll change everything the way you feel. Because if you stop complaining about things and start being thankful and excited with everything going on, it will blow your mind. It will change your life. It will even reformat your brain. It will do all kinds of health, mental, physical, and spiritual benefits that you never saw before if you develop the attitude of gratitude because God's goodness and mercy are following you every day of your life. So you can do it. I can't imagine what it will be like if you start this. And I'm going to start this, so I encourage you to do this with me. So the first, it's difficult because you have to make this list up. And if you want, you can go back 
And I've already given you a, a line for even multiple lines for every letter of the alphabet for spiritual and relational is easy if you run out you don't have to do all of them you just do the ones that you can physical same thing i'm sure you can come up with you know 26 things you're thankful for each starting with a letter of the alphabet very simple so each day you take a letter so for 30 days you might start at a and then you have to go back and do a b c d again you know but do it for 30 days so you're thankful for air. You're thankful for other things. I forget what I already said about A. <laughs> but you get the gist. And then every morning when you wake up, you, you, you pray to God and you thankful for that. And you make a commitment not to complain about anything of that day. It will have a dramatic impact on your life. And here's the next thing. After I stay grateful and generous, I have to be gracious to everyone. I have to, number two... Be gracious to everyone because God is gracious with me. The more gracious you are with other people, the less fearless you're going to be in life. Grace and fear don't reside in the same brain. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be gracious and merciful to everyone and forgive others just as God has forgiven you because of Christ. God cuts you a bunch of slack. So who are you still holding on the hook? Remember, if you ask Jesus to forgive you of all your sins, all past, current, and future, sins are gone, paid for, nailed to the cross. You were adopted into his family. He sends his Holy Spirit to live inside you, helping you every day. And he prepares a place for you to spend eternity with him. There's no sin separating you from the love of God. So why are you not forgiving someone else? Who do you choose to refuse to forgive? Who do you refuse to let off the hook, to let go? Who do you refuse to wipe the slate clean? Okay, you know, now I'm going to forgive them. You're off the hook. God was gracious to me. God has forgiven me. I'm going to be gracious with you. You don't have to tell them. You just have to do it in your own mind. You know what being gracious is? It's another name for love. I've seen this all the time in marriages where husbands and wives, they have Rolodexes or filing cabinets where they file away all the things that they did that were wrong, that they've been wronged in their in their marriage. That's some of the worst things you can do. Why are you still holding on to it? I don't care if they've asked you for forgiveness or not. I don't care if they keep doing it. Forgive, move on. You know, you wake up in the morning, there should be nothing between a husband and a wife. Everything should have been dealt with that night before. You wake up in the morning, there's nothing that separates you from your love for each other. Because that's what happens in marriages. People grow apart. I mean, I've, I've gone through that in my marriage. I'm sure there, there's been times when it, we've had a rough time. And I guarantee you it's because I had issues with something that my wife did or said. And in reality, it's probably not her fault at all. It's usually always my fault because that's, that's how it is in life. It's, it's always Matt's fault. But that's okay. I'm still, why am I holding on to this the very next day? Or why can't I let this go? Or why am I holding this? Why am I refusing to forgive? You know, it's, it destroys marriages. So if you want to, you want to live, you want to be successful. You want, you want to understand grace, you know, be gracious with other people. It's another name for love. The more I love my wife is the more I've forgiven her. And so there's nothing that I wake up to in the morning, I don't care if, if if my wife has been mean to me or it's done things or if I've done, there's nothing when I wake up in the morning that's going to separate that from me because 
I've let it go or I've forgiven. If, if she did hurt me, I've already forgiven it. I can't remember the last time she ever did anything to me. But I'm sure she has to be the same way or else we're going to drift apart. We're going to fall apart. And it doesn't matter how many years you're married. And you can hear it when people talk. When you listen to people who are married have a conversation, you can tell if someone's holding on to a Rolodex of issues. There's no reason to do that. First John 4, 8 says there's no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear is nothing has to do with punishment. So fear means I don't think God will be merciful or grateful. He's going to punish me. So fear is to do with punishment. The one who fears has not matured in love. Every time you invite God's love in the front door, fear goes out the back door. Every time you invite love in the front door, love goes out the back door. Because fear is focused on you and love is focused on God. It's gracious. So how do you know when somebody doesn't understand the grace of God? They're not gracious to anybody else. Period. Ungracious people are ungraced people. They don't realize how much they've been forgiven. So they want to hold it over everyone else's heads. So if I don't feel forgiven, if I feel guilty, if I feel ashamed, I certainly want you feeling it too, because I don't want you feeling better than me. But if I remember how much God has forgiven me and remember how much God has wiped out my guilt, wiped out my shame, I can be pretty gentle with you. I can be pretty gracious. I can let you off the hook. I can cut you some slack. You know, raising teenagers, whole. This is hard. My teenagers can say, my kids can say some of the meanest things in my life to me. Do I hold it over them or do I just let it go? Do I just forgive them? I don't care if they ask me for forgiveness. They say something mean to me. A lot of times I respond back in a very bad way because I am a sinful person. And I always ask for forgiveness for that. I try to at least. Hopefully I do. But I don't hold on to anything that they say. I don't, it doesn't matter. Because I know how much I've been forgiven for. So if you may have a mother or a mother-in-law or a father or a father-in-law or a friend, a neighbor, a brother or a sister, or even a child, and you can't let them off the hook, why? Maybe it's because you feel guilty. Maybe you don't feel God's grace. Maybe, you know, you don't see God's mercy. See, the more you know you've been forgiven, the more gracious you're going to be with other people. You got to stay grateful and gracious because God is so good. And I've got to stay gracious to everyone because God is gracious to me. So here's the third thing that we have to do. To live fearlessly, to live fully, I need to, number three, live my life for God's glory because he is going to share his glory with me. Right now, you live for the glory of God, and one day you will receive his glory. Now, how's he going to do that? How do I live for God's glory at work? How do I live for God's glory at school, in the neighborhood, in my family? Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. That's the key, the good works. And give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So you just try to do your best living for God, and he says that'll bring him glory. So what happens when you do that, when you live for God's glory? It opens up your life to more of God's goodness to more of God's mercy, to more of God's glory in your life. 1 Peter 1.3 says, God in his divine power has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Because of his goodness and mercy, he gives you everything you need. You got it all to live a godly life. 
The verse continues, the power is given to us through knowing Jesus. He has called us to share in his own goodness and glory. So when you think about the future, when you think about the next six months, the next year, the next 10 years, the rest of your life, how do you see it? Is your mind filled with doubt, confusion, anxiety, fear, and worry? It means you're not focusing on that last verse of Psalm 23 that says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, it's the biggest antidote to the fears of the future. See, we really do have a choice. You don't get to choose what's going to happen to the rest of your life. Of course not. You're not in control. But you do get to choose how you respond. You can face the future as a cynic, as a critic, as a pessimist, as a doubter. And you can face the future experiencing the worst and expecting the worst. You can face it being ungrateful. You can face it being stingy. You can face the future being ungracious to other people. And you can live for the glory of yourself. Or you can face the future with the gratitude, generosity, and graciousness and the glory of God. Which one do you think will make you happier? Which one do you think will make you more successful? Which one do you think will bring the smile of God and the Lord of heaven? It's amazing how different you feel about life when you begin to live in the goodness of God. As I said, there's going to be a lot of events that happen in your life and you can't explain it, but you can face them confidently because you know and believe in the promise of Psalm 23 that says, surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. God will bring good even out of bad, no matter what loss of a loved one. God will bring good out of bad. Surely goodness and mercy. And I may screw up in the future big time. But guess what? God is merciful. I may be facing all kinds of problems in my life, but ultimately I win because I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I'm going to share in God's glory one day because I deserve it. No, simply because he loves me, because he's my shepherd. In Psalm 23, does God's goodness apply to you? God's goodness isn't for everyone, sadly. Goodness and mercy don't follow everyone. They only follow the person who says that opening line of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. So the question is, who's your shepherd? Are you your own shepherd? Who's running your life? Who's managing your life? Who's the boss? Who's your shepherd? If you're saying, I'm my shepherd, goodness and mercy aren't following you. And you will not dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is for, for people who say, I'm the flock. I'm a sheep in God's family. I believe and trust in Jesus for what he's done for me on the cross. And I'm a sheep. And he is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And when you can say that, you can say with confidence that last part of the verse of Psalm 23. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So whatever's going on with your life, live without complaining. Be generous, not stingy, with an attitude of gratitude. And I guarantee you, if you take that time, make out a list. You can even go back and listen to those things that I said and write them all out, whatever ones that you're thankful for. Put that list by your bedside. And I guarantee you, in 30 days, your brain will change. Your life outlook will change. And you'll become a more gracious person, more loving person, and happier. So if you're struggling with depression. You know what? I don't know if it's clinical. I don't know about that, but I do know that your brainwaves will change if you take on the attitude of gratitude. Well, I hope this encouraged you today. 
And next pod, we're going to look at the very last phrase of Psalm 23. We've been on this thing for like 21, 22 weeks now. It's, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we'll unpack that. So God bless, and I'll see you next week.